Well, I would play uh, Twisted Sisters. We're not going to take it here if there wasn't a threat of copyright infringement, but you demanded, you protested, and we are back for a bonus show episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, I'm sure there's people who absolutely hated that. (laughs) So we're not gonna take it. So yeah, I think this is like the most comments we've ever had. Uh was about the the cutting of the after show. So I reached out to to the higher ups after discussing with Justin, and um we can go long if it is a mailbag, which we discussed on Fridays, and then we can do the sixth show. So this is gonna be kind of a more of a after dark smooth cut show we're going to be you're going to see kind of some behind the scenes in a way oh wait i, I don't we didn't record these back to back let me switch my hat so it looks like i actually <laughs> no no see it's different if you're watching on youtube i have a different hat on I have um a there we go but uh you know we're also going to be doing some post-production on the show so if you're watching you'll get to see some of that but we as you've seen we're just chomping at the bit to talk so when one of us is talking the other one's going to do post-production on show one and uh thank you for making lockdown guardians your first listen today and every day wherever you get podcasts uh we cover your team every day i'm jeff ellis if you don't know me i'm just gonna do all the things that annoy people i'm gonna i'm done uh let's let's dive into the questions we got justin yeah all right so uh this is a leftover question from the from the mailbag but we were going to address it anyway from friday but uh so emily pipeline had their top 30 come out for the guardians and and look they, they asked us for some thoughts and some uh you know how we might differ on things that, that uh how they do their rankings and i think we've said you've said before they do an impossible job it's two guys it's three i think they have three or four people actually who contribute but it's really the work of two for the most part it's jonathan mayo and jim callis they're great guys they they do a hard job and they also do the draft which is so hard let me tell you jeff i know i'm already going off on a tangent here i'm doing my best to to put together a cleveland guardians draft watch list it's very rudimentary so far but uh i'm trying to do that while i'm writing prospect scouting reports to start the season which i'm way behind on and i'm going to do that while i'm doing my league coverage this year Doing the draft and prospects that are already in the major league or the minor leagues is really hard. So the fact they do both is really hard. And I don't know what their ranking methodology is. Like, I think you could see they probably get a lot of input from the teams and the industry to try and to their friends. Like, I, yeah, they're they're in their friends. And I know Baseball America says like they try to reflect the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think Pipeline tries to do their best to reflect what teams are thinking. But I think when you you have the influence of teams input on this. They're going to ask you to put, you know, push prospects up that they want to have higher standing, even though it doesn't actually matter because like every, every team has their own guys out there. They can, they're going to, they're going to, they don't care what people think about their, pro, their your prospects. They, they're going to have their own opinions about their prospects. So can I, can I interrupt you? Can I throw a, a fun yeah. Ohio draft prospect at people? If they get a chance to, to see any Mac stuff, uh ryland zabrowski from university of miami is is turning heads in the early going uh six foot five to 20 uh left fielder third baseman first baseman was at yavapai one of the premier jucos 
Grand Canyon University before that. He's bounced around a little bit. Um, he won't turn 21 until May 13th, so he does fit that Guardian's approach. Very raw, big right-handed power. Uh, it's early goings, but he has a 382 batting, 447 on-base percentage, and 941 slugging. So uh, check out Ryland at Miami of Ohio. Might, you know, uh, I, uh, is it Isaiah Couplet? No, that's not his name. Uh, the, the starting pitcher from Ohio State is also getting a lot that's of up. attention. That is Isaiah Couplet. Um, Couplet. Couplet. I can't remember. <sighs> You know, but uh, right now, those are two of the guys I'm hearing the most buzz about. So, but I thought I'd throw out this guy because who doesn't want to hear about a six foot five power hitting right uh, right handed guy who won't turn 21 until May? Okay, well, maybe he'll be on the Guardians yeah. top 30 next year because that's that's one of the things you and but I definitely talked about make a lot. This list, yeah, yeah, like okay, we like Angel Janow, but he is up there because he was a pretty big bonus baby. He was, uh, Espino is number one, obviously, they, they are not changing that based off the shoulder injury which you know we we had already said we baked in the sh- uh, injury history into our ranking of Daniel Espino before we heard this news like that's why we had Tanner Bybee number one above both Williams and and Espino he's our top both of our top prospects individually so we baked Espino's injury history into that before we heard that news I I just think that Bybee is is more polished than than Williams and I think like is Bybee's ceiling an ace? Like, I think Gavin Williams' ceiling is probably not quite an ace. No, I think they're both ace. I'm willing to really? say that I okay. think that they're like, because I don't know, I guess to me, like, can they both be top 10 pitchers in the American League? I think so. I think they could be top 10 to top 15 pitcher wow. types. Like, Gavin Williams' stuff is absolutely sickening. Like, it's going to be, like, we heard Andre talk about it. Like, he was more talking about Williams and Bybee, but he was super impressed with both. And Espino trumps both of them if if he can be healthy. It's ah, just gives me. I, I know everyone's so worried about injuries, and I understand because we've talked about how many times the great John Sickles, like that's the number one thing that's going to kill pitching. Man, that could be a fun rotation. Just take a second and think about a healthy those three for the next five to six years. Maybe you extend one to two of them and then have them for a decade. It's like start talking about those contracts like mm-hmm. now, now, but. Give me um, the Evan Williams, Evan White, Evan White. Yeah. Even though yeah, I haven't worked outside out. of, but just looking at their list. And again, I'm not criticizing the work they do because these guys do a ton of work and they, it, like you said, it's an impossible job. Like I think they, they're pretty, well, I'm pretty even on a lot of them. Like they have Chorio really high, which I am a little bit lower. He's, he's obviously got a lot of S and helium already. And uh, Jake Fox is, is the high guy. Yeah, Jake Fox being that high is, is certainly interesting. Not above Justin Campbell for me, because no. I think the likelihood of Justin Campbell turning into the next top 100 pitcher no. for, on the Guardians is a lot higher than than Fox. And, and Cody Morris has felt like that was a reaction. Which, that's fair. I mean, yeah. is it lower than we were? Absolutely, it's lower yeah. than we were. But, but in I fairness, the reactionary he's probably that. not seven if, it, 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 if I got to wait. Like... I'm probably moving him. You know, it's like, I think Cantillo's a little low for me, you know, especially That's again. probably talk- also health related though, yeah. too, no? Yeah. Um, Tanner mm. Burns. Look, Tanner Burns in the top 30 just ain't it for me. I, no. Tanner Burns is a reliever and look, he could be a decent reliever. If but here's the route to go with him. Tanner Burns. Not the kind of reliever no. I'm putting in the top 30. First round, Doug Nikhazy, second round. And that's why those two are on this list. That's, that's Let's be I'm honest. Saying. And, and then you have like Jacob Zibin in there who was a draft pick last year and who got a lot of money. Yeah. And, and that's fine because you want to know what, and I'm going to get to this later. There was a comment in the baseball prospectus annual that I read 
I just got today, which I was super excited to get. I love those guys, and I, I love that book every year. Um, there was a good comment in there I want to bring up later. Uh, it's still too high for Parker Mezic to me because I, uh, I'm not one to talk, but I, I need to see Parker Mezic um, be in pitching shape. I don't know how. To I, I had him higher. If it makes, you, I had him at 18 on mine. So okay, yeah, a little high for me. Yeah. What do you think about Wilfredo Antunez in the top 30? That's that's an interesting one, right? That you know what that is. That is. So it's got to be in, in, inside sources because yeah, but nobody also, has seen this kid except no, for people who have been in Arizona. What what this sometimes reminds me of is uh, back in the day when I used to like listen to NFL draft podcasts and there weren't a lot of them. Uh, basically, someone called out Mel Kiper on doing something similar to this, which is he would intentionally put guys at the back end of his first round mocks throughout the year that weren't going to go there just so like he could say, well, later on, well, I had him in a mock. And this... Oh. You know, it's this idea of like you can so they can be like, I mean, because here's the thing. Legitimately in a year, I wouldn't be shocked if he was ninth in the system. Like I wouldn't like he could have that type of year. Um, There's a lot of people who really love him, but you put him at 30 because the ceiling is like that with the knowledge that eh, if he falls off from the late 20s, no one's going to say anything. Right. Like no one's going to. But if he jumps up, you were you you had him. It's it's. And there are people that like him a lot. I think, I think Fangraph also, Fangraph, no, Fangraph's also had him top 30. But <laughs> yeah, graph, Fangraph, the, the one graph. graph that they have. They, they have, have one graph, graph now. They have many graphs. No, just one graph now. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, and again, like I said, it's an impossible job, but I get, like, if you want to bet on ceiling, then you definitely put him in the top 30. Yeah, he's interesting. Uh, I Obviously, that's going to be whatever they got from, scouts who have seen him and stuff like that like i don't know we'll see i he only played one game that wasn't in like a couple games that weren't in arizona last year i feel that's pretty fair on noel it's pretty good on it's where about where i had pd and and brito justin boyd in the top 30 i think that's super interesting milan tolentino in the top 30 that feels a little aggressive to me um i guess if you really feel like he is going to stick at shortstop i have no idea what the bat's going to look like he was good at lynchburg last year but he struck out a ton at Bay um, County. So I have some concerns, but uh, I would say Tolentino Burns and Fox are probably my only like real disagreements. I don't have any problem with keeping Espino number one, truthfully, like that is, you know, what it is. So anything else you, you your takeaways from, uh... um, let's see, I mean, it was, you know, I've got mine up on one screen and then there's up on the other. I think, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can get it to a degree with Ninkazy, but like Burns at 22, I just don't understand. And they're not alone in this. We've had a few other people bring up Burns as this breakout guy. My problem is Tanner Burns really, like, I don't want to bury anyone. And I feel like we've been so negative with him, but like, he hasn't been good since he's been drafted. He's had some injuries. His stuff is backed up. For a guy who was kind of more mid 90s in college, he's low 90s now. Instead well, of he's got to do it every five days that's and, the question yeah and even he in college a, he could have a hard do time it. doing it once a week in yeah. college and he didn't stay healthy so that's the concern and you want to know what jeff by the end of the season he won't even be the best burns in the guardians organization if you didn't hear friday's episode you have to go back and and uh, find out what that means because so. they're gonna draft chase burns but he can't be drafted for another year oh i would love to draft chase burns right now don't don't let's, let's chase do burns let's chase burns right tennessee now. tennessee right texas He's a Texas? No, Tennessee. You're right. Okay. Sorry, wrong, 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 wrong,
yeah, wrong tea, wrong orange color. All right, uh, more more questions and more bonus topics on the other side. Oh, but first, let's talk about our good friends over at BuiltBar.com. You know them, you love them. If you don't know them, well, then that's I feel I feel sad for you, son, because I have ninety nine problems, but a Built Bar ain't one uh, because they're delicious. I like them. My students like them. They'll fill you up. They'll give you protein, but they don't give you sugar. They don't give you junk. They'll just make you give you energy for the day. Quick, easy. Now, I have bought other competitors, uh, being someone who's gluten intolerant. Uh, I've tried a lot of protein bars as like a nice snack during the day. And a lot of them, I felt like my jaw was going to break when I would chew through them. I would buy a box and I wouldn't finish that box off. I tried to give those to students. No one would take them. These ones I love. I've been eating them for four years now. My students enjoy them when, I, uh, when I'm when i willing to share. And you can get them right now at Sam's Club or Walmart in the pharmacy sections. You can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15%. Uh, I say from their special ones, I know they're not gluten-free. I didn't realize that the first time I ate one and paid the price. But the grasshopper cookie is worth getting sick for. I will throw that out there. So go check that one out if you want to try one of their limited brands. That is BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, or head to Walmart or Sam's Club today. And so you get you get fun little things like that when you, you check out the after show, the bonus show. <laughs> uh, all right, a couple more questions. I told our good friend Chuck over at uh, the After Corner Podcast, which, by the way, you can hear me on. I was on with them on uh, Sunday this past week. Had a good time. Their host, Zach, was uh, under threat of a tornado when he was recording, and he literally... Uh, got out of there just before there was a warning. So that man was recording a podcast under the threat of death. That is some serious dedication. Um, yeah, so you can go over there and listen to me on there as well. That was a fun – Sunday was fun, by the way. Sunday I did their podcast, and then you and I recorded our podcast right after that podcast. And then we had Andre on Sunday night, and that podcast was so long that it was basically two podcasts. So I essentially did four podcasts on Sunday. And how many times can I say podcast? in one one story that in one podcast meaning. <laughs> yeah uh yeah all right i'm not gonna say it again chuck his next question was who are your top five prospects after the season is over so that means who who's graduated who has been traded who has fallen who is who are your top five prospects in october gavin williams brian rocchio angel martinez Joey Cantillo and Jason Churio. Top five prospects. All right. Yeah. Bo Naylor is going to lose his prospect eligibility. Uh, I'm going to say Daniel Espino is not going to lose his prospect. Yeah. I guess instead of Churio, I'll say Espino. He's not going to lose it. I'm going to keep Espino in my top five. And this is not in any any given order. Um, I'm going to keep Belair in my top five. I think between the injury this year and Will Brennan and Oscar Gonzalez and uh, I don't know, whatever else they decide to do, I think he won't blow his prospect eligibility in 2023. So I'm going to stick with Espino and, and Valera in the top 10. Um, what about Williams? I'll stick with Williams. That's three. Yeah, I'll stick with Williams in the top five. Uh, I'll go Churio top five. So that's mm-hmm. four. And then so now do you go I Campbell. Go you go Martinez. Martinez. Yeah, Martinez. Yeah. Well, and that then why Vibe isn't in there is because I think he will lose his prospect eligibility by this year. All right, Chuck's Chuck's second question: <laughs> Name the Guardians rotation next season. Kind of did that on Friday show, but all right, Jeff, who who is your uh, 
Who is your Guardians rotation next season? McKenzie, Bybee, Quantrell, Savali, Allen. I know in the last show, I was like, well, you, you can't necessarily count on two, but um, why am I going with two now? And it's not even an hour later. Uh, because you're not going to run everyone out. Like, listen, we're going to trade Bieber and the next year Savale and uh, Police Hacker are going to start getting more expensive. So I think one of them go at the end of the year and then they, they run a rook. Yeah. Um Mackenzie. No, 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 no. Corbin Burns. They're going to trade for Corbin Burns. They are going to trade Shane Bieber, and they're going to hang on to one of them. It's going to be Corbin Burns. Um, You're going to be so sad when he gets traded to, like, the Yankees. The Dodgers. Dodgers. Let's be honest. The Dodgers. Uh, Corbin Burns, Tristan McKenzie, Tanner Bybee, Cal Quantrill, Aaron Savali. I'll say they hang on to Savali. No police sack, no Bieber. That's sad. Oh, well, um, Brian, who asked us the pipeline question, um, he asked us, he left a comment on YouTube. It wasn't really a question, but he left a comment. He just said, talk about Michael, Mike Caprice. I almost said Michael. My fiance thinks that Mike, Mike Caprice is Mike Caprice, like Mike, then Caprice, like the pant. And she heard that name the first time. So, so Mike Caprice. Yes. Yeah, so that's what happens when I watch baseball with her is she. And then she wanted to know if he if if he wears his pants high like Carlos Santana. You know, I, Carlos Santana yes. had the, the high knee pants. I think on. when he makes his MLB debut, you should wear some capris that day on the show. That should be the. I will not. I'm sure she can. I don't know. Um. So we're gonna talk about my capris. I don't know. He's he's had a interesting spring so far. I mean he he's not in anybody's top thirty anywhere except for ours. Like where did you end up having on your top thirty? Um. Did he come in at thirty or thirty one? I think I had I just, him like yeah he's he's he is top thirty adjacent. If he's not like twenty nine or twenty eight, um, he's like thirty two. He's thirty one for me. Yeah, okay, I got to go. And back. you know, I I know you didn't agree with me. And yeah, you're right. David Fry is the more. Logical I never agree with you, Jeff. To, never. To, to, hey, we had a disagreement. It's good for the show. Uh, <laughs> and, and you know, David, David, yeah, David Fry. I don't know why I was thinking having some confusion there because it's late. Uh, or because we've already recorded, but Fry is the most likely guy to debut. But I still would not be shocked to see Mike Caprice in a Will Benson esque role as that like guy who can cover multiple positions, provide some speed, and and be, you know, a better. I had him, like him twenty nine, by the way. Just... Yeah, but you know, kind of like what we're talking Roman Quinn being, but like with a younger player with some power and some more you know, maybe not as strong as a defender or as strong of an arm, but can do a little bit more. I, I still think, you know, he's got a, I, I'm not going to shut the door on him being a, a regular either yet. So. Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about it before, but he is yeah. a late bloomer in terms of where he came from in college and health. He right? is a late bloomer in terms of he was, he was a late bloomer physically, you know, from high school, he was pretty, I don't say scrawny is the right word, but he was scrawny. He was under recruited. But he has a strong baseball bloodline. His uncle, or I'm sorry, his grandfather, not his uncle's grandfather, started the MLB Scouting Bureau or was one of the first guys in the MLB Scouting Bureau. He worked for the Orioles. His dad got drafted by the Yankees. His brother uh, drafted by the Yankees, just retired this past offseason. So great baseball lineage. Um, played center field in college. He's kind of filled out since college. So, like, I, and I ha- we haven't seen him in center field. So I really can't speak to saying, like, hey, he could still play center. 
I think probably what you're saying makes sense in that that extra role. But here's the thing for me, Benson, Benson could play center. Benson had a huge arm and he had better speed. Like Parise is kind of the uh, cut down version of, of Benson where where he doesn't maybe run. He's still a good runner, but he's not an elite runner or I don't know, plus runner like uh, like Benson doesn't have Benson's arm, but he obviously strikes out a lot less and he might be able to handle left-handed pitching. So Preeze does those things a little bit better. I don't know. I, again, I don't know if you could put him in center. I haven't seen him in center, so it's hard for me to say. I know he can play left. Um, I did hear from one of the friends of the show that he was a pitcher in high school and he could really pitch, but you had Tommy John, and I don't know if his arm has ever been the same since then. We haven't seen him in right field. But I think it's interesting that he has made a lot of starts this spring at first base, and he's played some left field the other day. Like, is he getting at bats? Because their only first baseman in camp are Naylor, Bell, and Noel, even though they played Noel a lot in the outfield. Well, it's new for him to play thing. first base. I will I will not I will not comment further on not comment. That's all I'm going to say. Um, uh, if you can't see the, that, the, if the audio, I'm, I'm laughing. Yes. I know that's a yes. true statement. Um, yeah. Like I, is he getting opportunities? Cause they lack first baseman. I don't know. The fact that he got a non-roster invite says both. I think they, they think that he deserved it and B they also needed extra bodies at first base, but you know, they could have invited a number of guys to do that. Yeah. They could have, I mean, Joe could have got an NRI. He, he I think it's a positive player. Yeah, absolutely a positive. I think it's a reward for last season for how well he did and um, the fact that he, you know, was was Rule 5 eligible and they didn't protect him and he didn't get taken. But I think he's on the radar. He's just a very below, below just the radar have a, kind of guy the reps right now. too. Like, you know, just like, you know, you talked about Duda when he came in and everything else. I think, I think they were counting on people being behind and him sneaking through and they were right. He, yeah. He missed two seasons. Like, yeah. he didn't play 2019 because he was still recovering from an injury. And then 2020 happened, and then he came in 2021, and he had a hamstring injury, and he didn't play for a little bit there. So 2022 was his first full season in the minors. And you know what he did? It was in double A, and he kicked butt. He was good. And yeah, I know I know a lot of that maybe was part of his hot June and July, but no, he didn't have issues with left-handers. Um, he didn't struggle against older competition, which he actually – I looked at, it, at the numbers there, and I was like, oh, he probably was one of the older guys in double A, so he probably didn't face a lot of older pitchers. He faced some and he did very well. So he should go to AAA and split time with Noel and first base in the outfield. And I don't know. I think he can make a name for himself this season for sure. Uh, all right. We got more on coming up on uh, the Guardians and Giants from Thursday. We couldn't get into the Friday show, some injuries and um, some stuff on Sam Henches and TV news coming up after this. Ah, sorry. A uh, little bit slow. Uh, and that fantastic sponsor today are our good friends over at FanDuel. We have FanDuel here at this point in the show. And you know FanDuel. They are an official betting partner of the NBA. They will, uh, you know, they have their no sweat first bet, which is $1,000, uh, up to $1,000. Uh that you get that's a bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win up to a thousand dollars just download the FanDuel sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use and you can bet on everything from points scored and threes drained to props and points and rebounds and assists and exclusive bets like two by three 
two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger parlay with the sa- bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. So not a thousand and one, not two, up to one thousand dollars though back when you go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash I should say locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, the Guardians and Giants played on Thursday. Can, and I, can I interrupt you? And just oh, say, I was, I was, uh, uh, you know, since people love it, uh, I just want to say I was rooting against the Guardians in this one. Uh, I'm going to put that yeah, out. Like absolutely. it's spring training. I root for players, not teams. And I was, I, I was, you know, I'll let you talk yeah, about the player uh, in particular that I ooh. was like, I was very excited. One of those guys that I was a big believer in, but had health issues. And I'm hoping he gets a chance with the Giants. So I, I was rooting against the, I was rooting yeah, I mean, against who Cleveland. Cares? Who cares who wins in a spring training game? Wins don't mean anything, but yeah. Uh, the guy, first guy he's talking about is Raymond Burgos, who was the Guardians, or I guess he was the Indians, 18, uh, 18th round pick in 2016. A uh, ton of injuries. He actually had a Never Tommy ending. John out of college. So his first year in, in Cleveland, he was rehabbing. Uh, did not make it to an affiliate until 2018. So he was drafted in 2016. Did not pitch in 2016. Did not pitch in 2017. Did Barely got out of Arizona in 2018. So his first, like, real shot to pitch was 2019. Um, and it was, it was a good season in 2019, but he was hurt again with, uh, I think he had a stress fracture in his elbow or his forearm. We had issues. Um, yeah. He just never got healthy. And he was actually so good last year as a reliever at low, at low eight, or at high in Lake County at 23. He was probably their best reliever last year. If you don't want to count like Davis Sharp at the end of the year, who was fantastic for them. But like he was there all year. He pitched uh, 69 innings, which was his most, 65 innings, which was his most all uh, of the minor leagues in his career. Um, relief was really good for him, you know, low to mid 90s fastball, good changeup, decent slider, you know, tough angle from the left side. I thought Burgos was a lot like Tristan McKenzie, to be honest with you. Like he was a guy who was very tall, very thin, very, uh, was a little more raw than McKenzie, I guess, but. He's listed at 6'5", 170, but he took a minor league deal with the Giants in the offseason because obviously uh, Cleveland didn't protect him and, and they weren't going to play him and uh, the, the the system was stacked against him. So he took a minor league deal. I don't blame him. Actually, Jeff Sad News the report. Raymond Burgos took the loss in the in the game today. He uh, gave up a hit, and a, an unearned run, and a walk. So uh, bummer news for, for Burgos there. But I, I hope he gets to make an impact with the Giants at some point. I am rooting for him. Great guy. By the way, first year in Lake County, I forget what year it was. I think it was 2019. Um, as part of the media day, we were talking to Luis Oviedo, and Luis Oviedo didn't speak any English. Raymond Burgos, bilingual, translated for us. Uh, Puerto Rico native. So I will always be grateful to Raymond Burgos for translating to it for us and uh, hoping he ends up... Uh, getting some time with the Giants this year. And the other guy, uh, other people aren't going to really probably know, is Cade McClure. So Cade McClure was drafted by the White Sox a few years ago. He is a mentor Ohio native. He was actually the first athlete, uh, high school athlete, I should say, that I ever interviewed when I started the News Herald back in 2014, uh, his graduating year. I interviewed him ahead of the MLB draft, thinking he was going to get drafted. He did not. But uh, it was a great interview, and I've been rooting for him ever since. And he is in the Giants' bullpen in the minor leagues right now and hopefully he has a chance to crack their bullpen too so two pitchers on thursday 
the Giants have local ties. That was cool. Yeah, I was McClure in. No, he was Louisville, not Indiana, right? Louisville. Yeah, I, I have to go back and see how McClure even pitched. To be honest with you, uh, he, you know, I, I thought I liked him coming out of Louisville quite a bit. I remember liking that pick. Um, you know, the White Sox have had some ups and downs with pitcher development. Honestly, it's kind of interesting to see because they were kind of a gold standard for a while. Um, not as much of late. But, yeah, I mean, Burgos, Burgos was that guy in 2019. It was Burgos, Lavastida, and uh, Cody Morris were my three big helium guys throughout that year. Those were the three That's guys bad. I talked about. So well, McClure I hope had he a makes good day. it. Yeah, me too. McClure had a good day. Two innings pitched, a uh, hit, and a strikeout uh, in the fifth and sixth inning. So he faced some of the Cleveland regulars. Uh, yeah, so good for, good for Cade. Uh, as we wrap things up in the extra show here, there's a lot of stuff we didn't get to in the extra show uh let's just address this because we talked about it in thursday show or the friday show i should say the gavin lux injury has no impact on cleveland we could probably just stop that same with the rockies and well yeah i do want to throw this out there um the brendan rogers injury does maybe open up playing time for a guardians player i mean a former guardians player uh, <laughs> that might open up time for nolan jones that that trade has already happened no nolan jones won't play second but ryan mcmahon will which opens third base so yeah. teams aren't this isn't fantasy you don't just make a trade because a guy gets hurt. A lot of guys have a lot of teams, you know, they have guys they like internally in the system. We don't know who their deep take guys are. We don't know who like is ready to step in, but teams aren't rushing. So yeah. The, the and Cleveland. Let's, let's be honest here. The Rockies are the strangest franchise on earth. <laughs> yes. Um, so if you expect them to do one thing, they're going to do the other. So if you, if you expect the Rockies like, Oh, this guy got hurt. It probably makes sense to, for him to make a trade for them to make a trade. Well, they're not. So I don't know what to tell you. The Rockies don't ever make any sense to me. Made no sense why they traded for, um, or they signed Chris Bryant and why he went there. I don't know if it's about money, but whatever. It's about uh, money. That's why he went. Yeah. There. In and doubt. It's always about money. Yeah. Um, RSN TV news. So we've talked about this a couple of times. It's been a pretty popular topic on here. I know people are asking, how are you going to watch the guardians this year? And people are wondering about what's going on. So, there's some some articles out there from cutting the cord and streamable talking about how valleys could be shutting down soon. It doesn't say how soon, but there is a lot of concern over that. And um, I hope our, our good friend Andre not and other, other guys are keeping their jobs despite this, honestly. But yes. um, it, it, I read one article that said, MLB isn't hundred percent sure they're going to be able to find a, cable option for this year like it might be too late we don't know a lot of this could change there's so much unknown this is a very unprecedented situation so don't take anything we're saying here as fact because hey we didn't didn't come from us and it um we're just kind of regurgitating an article we read and stuff we found interesting we thought you should know and um one of those was that mlb doesn't know if they'll have a cable partner so we're talking about maybe just direct to consumer all year which is through mlb tv and then the other thing i saw this week was um EW scripts is in talks to take over NBA and MLB broadcast as um, RSN's flounder. So for those who are living in Cleveland or Cleveland area suburbs, um, EW scripts is who owns WEWS channel five. So if that happens, that'd be great because that would put Cleveland back on um, regular broadcast, non-cable TV for the first time since what WB, WUAB days. Yeah. Uh, outside of a few WKYC appearances they made. 
uh, over the last couple of years. So I don't think that's gonna, anything that's going to happen. It's certainly not uh, super optimistic. I'm rooting for everybody to keep their jobs and how they figure that out. But um, I don't know. MLB is trying to figure something out that looks like they have a at least a, a content a TV broadcast partner that's interested. I don't know if they'll hash that out. I think it certainly means less money. Like whatever money EW scripts, you know, hypothetically pay, pays for the broadcast rights certainly won't be as big as what they were expecting to get, but it's still something and it still could get games in front of fans. And I'd be super excited if, if it would be on um, a local broadcast television versus a cable channel for non-cable subscribers. I can't tell you how people in my family I hear every year, like, Whenever, because obviously I, I go to parties or family parties at the end of the year or summer over the summer, people ask me about baseball, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I can't watch them because I don't have you know whatever package that comes with them." And that's all I hear from my family, so they're asking me about updates on the team. And then when the playoffs come around, like last year, they're like, "Oh, I you know I got a free trial of this service so I could watch the games." That's all people are doing. It'd be great mm-hmm. if like that games could be on. A channel I mean, where people are like, oh, I, I get that channel. That helps of... grow the NFL, right? Like, isn't that they're kind right, of right? So, the... drives the NFL is they're on CBS, they're on yeah. Fox, they're on NBC. You know, MLB only has that on Saturdays, and it's the game of the week on Fox, and then sometimes that's FS1. So, like, yeah, which, like, at as least a, locally I mean, for Cleveland, that would be a huge boom. That was like, another I, one that was a huge thing for me as a kid, and having the pregame and the postgame on that as a kid, and like, that was something I watched every game, yeah. every Saturday for that, and it's not always there anymore. and yeah, and like I said, I wouldn't be hosting this podcast if it wasn't for UAB. Uh, another dream host. If anyone has a connection to to, to Jack Corgan, uh, he would yeah. be a, a dream host because that's that's the voice of my youth. That's the that's who made me a baseball fan. Right. The one thing I do want to caution though, um, if we get this direct to consumer approach and it it involves like you know an internet service, it's going to be a lot more expensive than you think. Yeah, it's going to be more than the current cost of MLB TV. Uh, it's going to be very expensive. I, I, you know, I've heard a wide range of estimates, but don't think it's going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to pay like 50 bucks. I mean, I, I heard one person I was talking to that thought it might be a dollar a game. So we'll have to see how pricey it gets, but it's like, well, if you're getting every game or doing production on every game, then you have to pay for it. So it's going to be, it's going to be expensive. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And our last comment or last topic of the bonus show uh, we do it. We can't go too long on the bonus shows either, but um, I did get my baseball perspective annuals. I noted on Friday's show. Um, I just wanted to share some comments in there. A, if you are a baseball nerd, I highly recommend buying the baseball perspective annual if you can. Um, I know a lot of people who write for them and I love this. And uh, every year it's one of my favorite things. Uh, some of their player comments, I don't want to give the whole book away, but the Juan, Juan Brito. I've got player. my precursor to it right here, which last year I read on the show. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The I, I, stat scouting notebook of 1998. Nice. Yeah, I buy I buy that every year, and I buy Baseball America's prospecting every year just because I like the collection. But um, Juan Brito's comparables were Emmanuel Valdez, which, okay, Tony Granadillo, and Mookie Betts. How about that? That's a fun one. Um, <laughs> I love the Andre Semenez one. Who do you think Andres Andres Jimenez's first two comparables are? Like, think of who who could they possibly be? Are they second baseman? Uh, one used to be a second baseman. He isn't anymore. 
is one Jose Ramirez. Yes. And the other one is uh, should sound very familiar to Clevelanders. And Ronnie uh, Belliard. No, he's a shortstop. I, I'm just, I'm being, no. I'm being a jerk. <laughs> That's a funny one. That's just me. Uh, uh, Grady ironic. Sizemore. Just, I'm throwing out all the names it. of our show. The guys uh, no, talking. it is his first comparable is Francisco Lindor. The two best players the Guardians have had, the Indians have had, uh, position player-wise in the last decade, are compared to Andres Jimenez. I thought that was fun. And then, I love this. Let me see who the, the writer was for the VP write-ups for prospects. Uh, Ken, we should do like one of these a show from now on. We should. Okay, Ken Funk and VP staff for Oscar Gonzalez. Now I'm going to sing this for you, so this is a real treat. Okay. Who plays in the outfield and wears a red C. Oscar Gonzalez. Free swinging and massive and clutchy is he. Oscar Gonzalez. If youthful exuberance be something you wish. Oscar Gonzalez. Then watch our young sluggers stride to the dish. Oscar Gonzalez. Oscar yeah. Gonzalez. <laughs> his, Oscar his... Gonzalez. Right? Great writing by the VP staff, by the mm-hmm. way. By the book. It's great. I didn't want to give it away, but I thought that was worth noting. Um, Anthony Santander and... Stephen Moya and Dominic Brown are as comparable. So Anthony Santander, yes. Dominic Brown, sad face. Stephen Moya, sad face. And then uh, I won't go into the pitcher comments, but I love that they said Tanner Bybee. Uh, the same things we've been saying about Tanner Bybee. Like, oh, look at that. A guy who threw strikes. They turn into a hard thrower. Justin Campbell. Oh, a guy who throws strikes. Who they're going to turn into a, a, a hard thrower. Like, all the comments were like that about pitchers. So. By the book, we'll read more of these uh, at some point. But that anything that's else? Fun. That's all I got for the, the post show, man. I've, uh... um, no, you know, it's just like it's getting closer and closer. Um, just enjoy it and uh, enjoy it. Enjoy these games. Enjoy them. Uh, no, and in all actuality, yeah. And uh, you know, uh, as always, comment below. Comments help drive the algorithm, so we appreciate all of them. Uh, I even respond to the spam ones. Uh, I, I I do delete the ones that swear or use uh, racial language, though. So let's let's avoid that. And uh, yeah, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, what else you'd like to hear? I, I know we promised the Negro Leagues uh, stuff. I we're gonna get to it. I kind of did not want to do it in February intentionally, so I do want to say that we're, we didn't forget that promise. Um, we're probably gonna have a segment next week. I just I didn't want to be like it's Black History Month. Let's do a segment for that. I wanted to like. I, I did it because MLB, the show, was adding it in. So we'll we'll get to it. But I also wanted to kind of intentionally avoid that. But um, but Cleveland has such a rich history. It's it, it's going to be fun. Trust me. I've been Jeff Ellis on behalf of Justin. We want to thank you for listening, reading, reviewing, downloading, and all of the many comments and words of support. Uh, that's why you're getting the sixth episode is a way to, to balance things out, uh, which if you chop it up and you look at our episode length is like getting that bonus show every day. So uh, thank you for listening. And go, go, Guardians, go.